Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. game it's as simple as that the playoffs unofficially are underway you have to win the football game simple as that Jacksonville the better team nine and seven on the year Tennessee five and eleven but this rivalry is one uh, that really goes back ages with this franchise uh, the down moment obviously the the three up, the three down in uh, in 1999, which obviously concluded their only playoff matchup in very early January of the year 2000. And it's been one-sided throughout much of it. The current numbers, 34 to 24, favoring the Titans. And they did win five in a row recently, but the script has been flipped. Right. Three straight now, but Doug Peterson and Jacksonville. A 34-14 victory back on November 19th, which was simply dominant. Went back and looked at the game. It was Wednesday. Do you realize in that game, Tennessee only ran 38 plays? It's the lowest amount of any offensive plays that were actually run this year. And if it wasn't for a couple of trick plays, Jacksonville would have absolutely Uh, blown them out. Only 38 offensive plays. I mean, the time of possession in this game was 36 minutes and 26 seconds for Jacksonville, 23-34 for Tennessee. So, you know, I like to look back. I like to look ahead. I always have been a big fan of, uh, of trends and a situation like this where it is a rival in the AFC South where you get them a couple of times. I think that absolutely does come into play. I am also one of those who believes with everything on the line, that really doesn't matter in a football game like this. I can think back two years ago when Indianapolis came in, right? All they needed to do was knock off Jacksonville here, and Indianapolis would go off uh, and and make their way uh, to the playoffs. And, you know, a couple of guys out today for Tennessee. We did find out officially that, Will Levis is not going to be able to give it a go. I guess he'll be the emergency quarterback, the number three quarterback on the sideline in Nashville. But it's going to be Tannehill. And, you know, here's a guy that's done a lot of good things in this league. He's also been pedestrian at times in this league. You actually look at his numbers last week in Houston, much better than the final score would indicate. But I got to believe that a lot of personal pride for him is at stake. This is it. This is his final game. He's making north of $30 million a year. We know there's been a total change in the AFC South as far as the future, where all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence is the elder statesman. I mean, Anthony Richardson, a lost year. Gardner Minshew, free agent at the end of the year. C.J. Stroud, before his concussion and before his injury, his name was being thrown around as a possible MVP. And then you have Will Levis, who, whether it is Mike Vrabel or not, he is the future right there in Tennessee. So that's it for him. Derrick Henry, you know, right down the road in Yulee, probably already is a Hall of Famer. I I just think that 
since we're so uh, statistically, uh, I don't want to say motivated, but the, the Hall of Famers, obviously numbers are important. I mean, Fred Taylor has the numbers, right? Jimmy Smith has the numbers. That's an important part of all this. You also need, you know, Pro Bowls, perhaps a Super Bowl, big playoff victories, whatever it may be. I think Derrick Henry is still going to play in this league for a couple of years. He may be the compliment back. Uh, there's not, a, you know, there's not a lot out there. there. There's not huge offers for 30-year-old-plus backs in the NFL, certainly with a guy who's taken the punishment. And, yeah, he's delivered it as well. But if you just look at all the hits that that body has taken since he has come into the National Football League, uh, it's incredible. It's going to be really kind of interesting to see what happens with him as far as his market value. You know, where's he going to go once free agency does begin in the mid part of March? But you know, when you think Tennessee, those that's basically what I think of, right? And I've always thought of the defense uh, in Tennessee. Right now, it's Derrick Henry, and it's the return of Ryan Tannehill. And it's it's also the best-case scenario would be drop a big number. And, yeah, we've heard everything this week, and it feels like there – People are talking out of both sides of their mouth. But that's common. They're doing the same thing in New England. I mean, Tom Curran, longtime scribe uh, for, I don't know even know where he's at now. Maybe the Boston Journal or uh, whatever. The, a lot of those guys change um, who, in fact, they write for. But he said now for almost a month that this is it for Bill Belichick. Others are like, not so fast. That's not the case. Obviously, you can look at Jim Harbaugh, who's going to play for the national title on Monday night. I'm out of the belief, why would you return? I mean, just leave the mess uh, for someone else, right? Move on to the NFL. So you could have three really big names, all right? Harbaugh, Belichick, and Vrabel. A lot of people in Tennessee still think Vrabel's going to stick around. I think if you're a Jags fan, I know most of you out there listening are, that's like the icing on the cake, win the game, host a playoff matchup a week from Sunday, and also say goodbye to Mike Vrabel in the AFC South. And he will absolutely land on his feet. I mean, Mike Vrabel is going to get another job. There's also a lot of talk out there that Vrabel could possibly be traded. Is uh, Again, we talked about this a little bit on Thursday's program. For those of you who do not know, you can trade a coach just like you can, in fact, uh, trade a player. All right. Everything now is on Trevor Lawrence. We saw video today throwing the football a little bit. Um, He's gotten better throughout the course of the week. It comes down now to a gut feeling, and I've been god-awful. There's so much of me that just wants to come out right now and say he won't play, so he will, because I'm 0 for 3 on my Trevor Lawrence health-related predictions. And unlike others, I don't run away from being wrong. I actually have no problem with it. But when he rolled that ankle, and to this day, that was the most significant one for me. When he rolled the ankle, I was like, brother, that's bad. I mean, this cat's out three weeks, right? He played. He played the next week. The concussion was really bizarre because he didn't work Wednesday or Thursday. And you know, got off the air here on Thursday, and Ian Rappaport tweets out, well, if you don't play Wednesday or Thursday, chances are you're not playing. And there was really a feeling that he wasn't going to go when he was in the protocol. And, again, it came back here and said, no, I don't think he's going to play. He played. 
And last week, and the Philly Roosters coming up in 30 minutes, he checking in with his sources right there, guys who were setting the lines in Vegas, telling us that the money's popping in now on Jacksonville because he is going to play. And, of course, when Kit came around, he did not. didn't matter. Jacksonville, a dominant performance, particularly defensively, against Carolina, holding them to 124 yards in that 26 nothing victory. So my point is I'm 0 for 3. So I almost feel like I'm forced to say he's not going to play. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. Therefore, he does play. But that's not the way I roll, you know. I think he's playing. I do. Why wouldn't he? He's a gamer. He's a tough guy. He wants to win. The, the one criticism, or maybe it's not even that. Perhaps it's simply fact. When he's limited or he doesn't practice, he hasn't been good. He's come back after the ankle. He wasn't good. He came back after the concussion. He wasn't good. So that's kind of been a major talking point here over the last 48 hours or so. Okay, he is going to play, but he didn't get rep after rep after rep after rep all week long with the Jaguars in preparation. Doug Peterson's been talking about it all season, just how important it is to practice, how it's hurt him with some of these young guys defensively. Certainly it's hurt a guy like Parker Washington offensively, the left side of the offensive line this year with a lack of chemistry. Yeah, I'm one of those who believes that this is their full-time job when you get into the teens, you know, week 13, 14, 15, and on, that you've practiced so much, you've done so much, Do you really need a great practice week before a game? Uh, You do. And this is an example of that. Now, again, I don't want to be a hypocrite yet. Obviously, I will at some point in the show. I mean, if you're a talk show host and you're not a hypocrite, you need to get into another profession. But I have always been the every snap count type of guy. Always have been. It's so incredibly important to me. Every single snap. Urban Meyer, what in the hell are you doing putting Gardner Minshew under center, first team snaps in the month of August. It's Trevor! Give Trevor the first team snap. Who was the guy with no arm who went to Florida State three years ago? What was his name? McKenzie Milton? JJ, do you remember? Who was the guy that battled uh, uh, Jordan Travis? I had to talk to them both out in, uh, in July in Charlotte at the Atlantic Coast Conference meetings, and I'm like, no! Don't go back and forth. And again, Mike Norvell right now is the closest thing on this planet to God. But remember how he really screwed up that situation, playing Milton when he should have played Travis and forcing Travis to come back injured when he should have played Milton. But it just really pisses me off. Don't waste valuable reps trying to figure out who it's got to be. Know who it is. And it's important. It's also important this time of year. When once again, you're instrumenting your offensive scheme and your defensive scheme. It's hurt Trevor Lawrence in the month of December. So he was limited this week. That's encouraging. I believe he's going to go. A little bit earlier today, Doug Peterson uh, was asked about the very latest with his starting quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. Here's what he had to say. It's handling great. Um, you know, uh, as we said, it's, it's a day by day. You know, um, today will be a big day for him tomorrow. So, He's, uh, he's progressing good. 
When do you make the final decision on if he'll be available on Sunday? I mean, it could be all the way up to game time. So he'll be questionable, you would expect? I would expect him to be questionable, yeah. Is the importance of today and tomorrow just seeing how he feels and getting more work in practice? Yeah, um, not only the work, but just the, the timing uh, of the throwing um, and just, just getting through the game plan, you know, today. So he is officially listed as questionable, as Doug Peterson did say. Both the right throwing shoulder and the left finger, uh, both wide receivers are questionable. And it's really encouraging for Zay Jones. The feeling is that he's going to be able to give it a go. He's been battling a few injuries, the knee and the hamstring. And then they would have to activate Christian Kirk off of the 21-day designation list uh, to return. Remember, he was put on that list earlier this week. The Jaguars can still make that transaction tomorrow on Saturday. So, you know, I got to believe that 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 is going to be the case. The only other injuries for the Jaguars, and they've all been cleared and good to go. That says Cleveland, is he going to be the starting left guard? Really non-committal today was uh, Doug Peterson. That's fine. I don't have to tell you who he's going to play. Uh, Walker Little as well came in, got seven snaps late in the game, spelling Cam Robinson at left tackle. But they've been battling a knee and a hamstring respectively. And then C.J. Beathard, the left shoulder, did work full. He was actually placed on the injury report Wednesday. Excuse me, Thursday. He was not on it on Wednesday. And he did practice again today and fall. So, you know, the Jaguars right now are about as healthy as any team in the NFL. And, you know, I get it. They're down special teamers, right? You lose Jamal Agnew, one of the best return men in the game. And also a guy that, you know, was kind of a fringe wide receiver, but was making some big plays, including the one that he ended up getting hurt on. Daniel Thomas, one of the better gunners right now in the NFL. So, you know, they're down a few players there, but for the most part, this team is about as healthy as you could certainly ask for. Remember all of those injury reports that had Big Foley on it, that had Devon Hamilton on it, that had Andre Sisco on it, that had Tyson Campbell on it. Two weeks ago when the Jaguars did not play well against Tampa Bay and you know, kind of the convenient uh, topic was why was Trevor in late when he got hurt? The game was out of control. It was a four-possession football game. I, I knew that I blew my mind because they were running ETN. And I'm like, why? The guy was, what, second, third in the league in carries? Why run him now? You're down, what, 30 nothing at the point or 36 at the point? Why not give Tank some at-bats? All right? That's going to be a very interesting discussion. You, you use a third-round pick on Tank Bigsby. Egos involved. I was asked yesterday, do you think the Jaguars will go after Derrick Henry and bring him back if they can get him for a pretty good wage? And, and my answer to that question was no. Absolutely no. It's year four for Travis Etienne. And again, you spent a third-round pick on Tank Bigsby. Now, is Doug Peterson and, and Trent Bulky on the same page right now when it comes to Tank? I don't have the answer for you. It was nice to see him get 10 carries last week. But I still don't understand why he didn't get carries two weeks ago against Tampa in a game that was totally done. Lost in that was in the second half. They did shut down Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco. Last week, Campbell returned and played every snap. I also thought he had arguably his best game of the year. Of course, Pro Football Focus corrected me and corrected you and, and basically told us that Tyson Campbell was a dog. 
All right, he had, I think, the fifth-lowest-ranked defensive grade uh, in that game. Same with Andre Sisco. He increased his snaps, I want to say, up to like 41 this past week. So they're getting healthier, absolutely, on the defensive side. Now you're starting to get guys back on the offensive side as well. All right, uh, we're going to start here with a little bit of fun. I'm going to get J.J. Uh, Selva involved here. We're going to prognosticate, let's see here, one two, three, four, five different, make that six different Jaguar season-ending props that I dug up. The extensive research uh, research and preparation uh, for this program. I think you'll like it. I, I do. And, and, and they're all really a coin toss here. You can go either way with it. So it's, um, it, it's really interesting, at least it is, in my uh, particular opinion. So we're going to do that on the other side. We're going to hear from the Philly Rooster, who's coming up in about 25 or so minutes. We're going to check the money on the game here between the Jaguars and Tennessee. Also look at a couple of other really big games this weekend in uh, the National Football League and absolutely Monday night where Michigan is playing Washington. Uh, I'm interested, is, and I don't say this trying to be a smart aleck. I don't. I'm genuine. Are you going to watch the game? I mean, it's not the SEC. I'm honest. Are you going to watch Washington and Michigan? Or does it not matter? You maybe going to go to A&E and catch last year's two-hour live, uh, the parents of Casey Anthony taking a lie detector test, which honestly was one of the worst two hours of my life that, that I think I've wasted in uh, in quite some time. Um, it was just really, really bad. Let me spoil it for you. They both passed, both the mom and the dad. But maybe you'll watch that. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. You, you, you're an SEC audience. You're a Florida State audience, a little bit of a Miami audience. Uh, you're going to watch Michigan in Washington on Monday night. Well, we're going to check the money if you're going to bet on the game. I'm um, going to do that with the Philly Rooster, but I'll be interested. 641-1010 on our text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. All right, opening comments brought to you by Schmunez Vision. I know he'll be watching, Dr. Neil Schmunez. He's a huge college football fan, no question about that. And let's get 2024 started off in the right way. All right, you're driving home right now. It's getting dark, or it already has gotten dark, and your eyes begin to go on you. It's totally normal. Fatigue kicks in. Your eyes will not be as strong later in the day as they were when you did wake up. But I say this all the time because it's true. If we have issues with anywhere in our body, what do we do? We immediately make an appointment, go see a doctor. Yeah, I felt the twinge here. You know, my heart was popping in and out there. Um, You know, my back is hurt. It it, it doesn't matter what it is. You, You go and get yourself checked out. Yet, how long has it been since you've had an eye examination. What is going on currently with your contacts? Are they the same ones that you've had for the last couple of years and you just go back and, and reorder the same prescription? This is only a little part of what they do at Schmunez Vision, but it's where you start. It's an eye examination. Go to schmunezvision.com and then you take it from there. And the options are unlimited, all right? It includes laser eye surgery, more than 30 years worth of experience if you include Ka- uh, Dr. Catherine Schmunez. The older we get, dizziness, blurriness, okay, red eyes. Maybe you think you have an issue with cataract, and it scares the living snot out of you. 
doesn't mean you need surgery. There could be another remedy that, that's really there provided for you. Simple over at Schmunez Vision. Here's what I want you to do. Just go online and check them out. Okay, Family operation and you know, just a, an incredible family who I love very much. Schmunez Vision, um, the best in the business. You need to check them out today. Go to SchmunezVision.com. Care you can see. All right, when we do return, more on the Jaguars, including let's begin with a little bit of fun here on a Friday. Got some props that I'm going to give my opinion on. Going to get JJ's opinion on them as well. And certainly a lot to do as we get closer to kickoff Sunday at 1. The best way for you to get on in is on our text line. And that number is 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, with you tonight till 8 o'clock. Really looking forward to the next couple of hours. Really fascinated by the amount of money that jumped in on Tennessee yesterday. We'll get that coming up here momentarily from the uh, Philly Rooster, both the where the money's going, which is always most important, right? Uh, Because, you know, the general public typically loses. So there's two ways to look at bets. You can look at the tickets that have been written up, whether it's a $10 ticket, or a $10,000 ticket. And you can also look at the money, okay? Um, two totally different ways. Typically, the money is a little bit more uh, that is um, professional money, right? And, and again, that's not always the case. But, you know, the tickets that you write up, like I, I thought all along that whether it was Washington or Texas, that Michigan would get most of the write-ups because Michigan is one of the oldest college football teams in the history of the game. There's old-school Michigan fans. There's old-school money. Then again, Texas and Washington, they've been around for a long time. It's not like we're talking about Florida State or Miami where they came into fruition, what, 60 years ago, 65 years ago, whatever it is. I guess 1950s, 60s, whatever. Um, But that's not the case. I, I think that's changed a little bit with, People watching it. And that was why I asked you if you were going to watch. Because I'm a Heisman Trophy voter. And I did pick Jaden Daniels number one. I put Penix in at number two. But Washington has been totally overlooked. I mean, Dr. Herbie and everyone told you that Oregon was going to crush him in the rematch. Remember, they were eight and a half, nine point dog. They had no chance of winning because the week prior to that in the Apple Cup, you know, it took them a last second field goal to barely knock off Wazoo, to barely knock off Washington State. So, you know, the general public had had written off uh, Washington and written off Michael Pett. And then all of a sudden you see him and what he did. I mean, what's there not to love about watching this offense, even though, you know, they made some just terrible decisions late in the game, some coaching calls and almost allowed Texas to come back and and win it. I, I think there's a little bit of that that, oh, Michael Penix. Oh, I didn't know he was that. I didn't know he could do this. So I think that's attracting a little bit of cash. But I don't know what it is here between Jacksonville and Tennessee. That doesn't apply in this game. Whether you thought it was C.J. Beathard or you thought it was Trevor Lawrence or you thought it was Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis. A lot of money yesterday dropped the point spread by two 
from five and a half to three and a half. We'll head out there in about uh, 20 minutes or so. I'll make that 15 minutes or so and talk with a good uh, our good friend, the Philly Rooster. All right, let's do this right now. You ready, JJ? I got five props. Need you to tell me if you uh, uh, if you think it happens or it does not happen. Okay. First prop: Trevor Lawrence, twenty touchdown passes. He has nineteen. Does he get the twenty? Yes or no? Yes, I agree. Trevor Lawrence, three thousand seven hundred and thirty-six passing yards. He needs two hundred and sixty-four for four thousand. Does he get there? No. I agree with you as well. I'll go first this set, let you go next, just for the sake of doing it that way. Travis Etienne, 951 rushing yards. Does he get the 49 to get to 1,000? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Got Travis Etienne, 1,397 total yards from scrimmage. Does he get the 103 to get the 1,500? I'm going to say no. No. Calvin Ridley, 910 receiving yards. Does he get 90 on Sunday to get to 1,000? No way. I say no as well. Finally, and this one's a little bit of a stretch, but you never know. Evan Ingram, 884 receiving yards. He would need 116 on Sunday to get to 1,000. Yes or no? No. Yep. I got one defensive one. Trayvon Walker, nine sacks. Does he get a sack on Sunday to get to 10? Um, no. I'll say yes. And I'll tell you why I'll say yes. They're beaten up in that offensive line the last three games. The Titans have allowed 19 sacks. <laughs> I mean, um, that's more than six a game. Jacksonville got six last week. They're up to 38. Uh, for the season. Okay. If I was to give you that imaginary 10K and say you can make one bet, I'm going to eliminate Trevor getting the 20 touchdowns because that's too easy. That'd be the one that we would all take. Is it Trevor getting 264 yards to 4,000, ETN getting 49 yards to 1,000? Probably that one. Yeah, I think that's a, that's the one because you and I both said no with, with Ridley and Engram. So that's interesting. I'd say no to four of the five. I guess I had six out here. I would say no to four of the six offensive props and yes to the one defensive prop. I I don't know if you can still play those in Vegas. I'm sure you can play about anything. If you go, you know, to the bookmaker, I, I don't know how you out there wager uh, offshore or whatever it is. Do they do they finally pass? Can you bet on – again, I haven't bet in over 10 years. Can, can you bet in this state now? Did they yeah. pass that law? Yeah. So everything is cleared. What about the whole battle with the Seminole club out there and everything that they were fighting? They they basically said see you to them? I No, that's who you use. You use hmm. Seminole. Okay. So it's all – it's all online. There's no, there's no way, there's no place that you can go to here in I'm Jacksonville. Sure you can go. Oh no, I'm talking about legally. I'm not Seminole talking about going to Freddy's. Rocks, I'm sure you can go Freddy's Pool Hall or 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 something. Um, interesting. Okay, I figured I'd know that, but I don't because I 
I, I, I do not bet, and I have absolutely no uh, feeling here uh, as far as the bet. If you're playing the game, I'd always be a little bit concerned about that, laying points on the road. Okay, Tennessee's been awful in the last two years, both December and January combined. They're 1-10, in 10, and that's not against the spread. That's 1-10 in 10 outright. Um, to me, that, that, that really defines an organization that has had it and has mailed it in. And, you know, I think I would go the other way with that outside of what we just saw against Houston. Okay, I, I, I thought the Jaguar, excuse me, I thought the Titans played really well late November and throughout the month of, of December, but I can't get over that number. One in 10 in the last two years, this late in the year. Still, if you get it at three and a half, that's a tough number. You know, I, I would try your best to maybe buy a half point and get it at three or buy a point and get it at two and a half. Um, I just don't like laying points. Uh, especially on the road. And also, I don't know why fans do that with your team. It's never been something that I've been able to understand because what if you get a last-second field goal? What if you go out there and you win the game 23-21? Okay, is the jubilation still going to be the same for you if the Jaguars win but you weren't able to cover? That's that's why – I have always been play games that your team's not involved in. Now, if your team's getting points and they're an underdog and you think they're going to upset, that's a totally different world. But when you're a favorite, I've just never been a, a guy that, uh, that, that believes that that should be the way that things are done. All right, we're going to head out to Las Vegas coming up here in just a couple of seconds here from the – uh, Philly Rooster, we're going to get uh, feelings from him on on this game. Getting to quite a few in on the text line, 641-1010, where people are telling us, absolutely, they're going to watch the, uh, the national championship game. Uh, I know that they do ratings that are certainly nationally. They also do them where they are local. I'll be interested to see what those numbers are uh, when it's all said and done as to how that game is received uh, here in this market uh, for college football fans. I mean, it's the last one you get. So that's really appealing. I think that that has a great uh, factor in it. But, you know, we don't have an SEC team. So that could be a problem. Patriot Roofing Services do help you bring the uh, program right here each and every night. And that includes on this Friday. Uh, the very latest uh, specializing in all types of commercial and residential roofing and repairs. All right. Gutters, sun tubes, skylights, 10-year workmanship warranty. Financing is available. Just give my buddy Bar- uh, Mark Tozzolo a call, 982-4052. Military and senior citizen discounts. No subcontractors. Licensed and insured, 982-4052. Call Mark Tozzolo, or better yet, just go to Patriot Roofing online. Get everything for your home or your business, a new roof or roofing repairs. It's all right there with Patriot Roofing services when we do return let's go live to las vegas let's bring in the philly rooster let's check the matchup on monday night and absolutely what's the latest on jacksonville at tennessee that's coming up here on the other side on into the night let's ring up another guest on the all pro roofing phone line all right let's move off to las vegas he is the philly rooster we 
absolutely love them around here on Fridays. we got a huge college game coming up on Monday night and some big ones as well over the weekend in the NFL. The Philly Rooster joins Rick Ballou. Mr. Rooster, how are things? Very well, Rick, and just like that, last week of pro football, last game of college, this season flies faster every year. It's amazing. Does and I know you're knee deep in it right now with college hoops. You're off to a real good start. Yeah, that's my main thing. I mean, I, I look forward to college hoops. You know, the tournaments at the beginning of the year are okay, but now, now is the meat and potatoes. This is where I pay the bills right through the March Madness. I I think there's a lot of money to be made in in college basketball, particularly with some you know non power five schools, if you will, directional schools, because it's tough to get information and. I know you work hard on that. Can you make a case that maybe before watching Michael Penix against Texas, that was going around against UW, East Coast, down here, teams don't watch the Pac-12, and then all of a sudden they saw what this kid did when it came to throwing the football. And I only asked you that because I thought that when you mentioned Michigan, it's one of those old-school blue bloods that people, not even knowing, are just going to lay money on the Wolverines. Yeah, and that, that actually, when I was doing my homework today on this game, uh, that was surprising. Actually, there's more money on Washington right now. Um, it's about 69% of the bets, 73% of the money, according to my sources over at Caesars. And I was shocked by that. I thought Michigan would take all this money. Hmm. Uh, but I think by game time, you are 100% correct. I think the big money will come in on Michigan. But the public, hey, we all saw this Penix. Now, we know the reason he's not a top pick is because he had those two Achilles surgeries. Um, So he's injury prone, and that's why he's not in that top five conversation. But I think we all saw what I was shocked at the lasers this kid throws. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. This game opened four and a half, 54 and a half. It creeped up a little, as it always does. It's four and a half, 56 and a half. Like I said, 69% of the bets, 73% of the money on Washington right now. But I can't beat the eye test here. This is the best quarterback Michigan has faced all year, and I like Washington here plus the four and a half. All right, getting four and a half, it's going to be totally two different styles where Michigan, you know, nine sacks last week, and they certainly want to try to slow things down and, and, and run the football and take some clock. Michigan also showed last week that they have the ability – to come from behind and win, so that's promising if you're a Wolverine fan. But, yeah, a lot of folks jumping on UW right now after maybe seeing Michael Penix for only the first time uh, this past weekend. All right, let's move on uh, to the NFL. And, you know, this matchup in the AFC AFC South is, is really interesting. Both matchups are, but, you know, Houston-Indianapolis, uh, we've been talking since the beginning of the year. Who would have thought that three teams in the AFC South still have a chance to get the playoffs, and it could very easily end up with two? So what do you make of this game here between the Texans and the Colts? Yeah, that's amazing. Nobody expected the Colts to do that, do this this year except for Philly fans. Shane Steichen, and that is the number one reason the Eagles are faltering like they are. This guy is a magician. He He's a Mike McDonald-type coach who can do crazy offensive schemes. And really, the quarterback doesn't seem to matter. I mean, this Gardner Minshew, you know, he had some flashes of brilliance with you guys down there, but he's turning them into Joe Montana here. This game opened one and a half, 46 and a half. Now Houston's taking all the money because it's Stroud. 
And of course, he's a lot better than the first time they played uh, when uh, Indy beat them. But 85% of the money, 87% of the bets are on Houston right now. This game moved all the way to Houston, one and a half. The total's up to 48 and a half. But I am all over Indy here at home. If I can get two on this game, it'll be one of my biggest bets of the weekend. Very interesting. All right. Getting Indy at home, getting some home points coming up on Saturday. That's one of two games uh, tomorrow. Of course, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. A lot of Ravens are out, including uh, Lamar Jackson. Philly Rooster, uh, let our listeners know uh, how to get you on Twitter as well as your uh, uh, your radio show and everything else. Uh, at Philly Rooster. And uh, like you said, Thursday nights. We have a sports called the Sports Betting Show uh, with uh, the Philly Godfather. It airs Thursday night live on YouTube and then on SXM Radio, Channel 102, all weekend long. And uh, at Philly Rooster on Twitter. Buffalo and Miami. It, it just feels like right now a couple of football teams that are headed in different directions. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Um. Well, this is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this line confuses me. This mm-hmm. line opened one and a half, 49, 47 and a half. It's sitting two and a half, 48 and a half. 55% of the bets and 80% of the money is on Buffalo. Now, you give me a team like Miami at home getting a field goal, who's a great team at home, seven and one. They have some injuries. We all know that. They've been on the ropes a little bit, but they need this game badly. I am all over Miami here. I can't believe the love Buffalo's getting here. I mean, they've been on a nice little roll, and I love Josh Allen. But this team is who it is. I mean, they're a six-loss team. Uh, And Miami's great at home. I I love Miami here. All right, taking Miami, getting home points, uh, plus three against Buffalo on One other note, this reminds me of the Dallas Eagles game when they gave made Dallas a road favorite against the Eagles around the same line, I said the same thing. Eagles won by five. Hmm. I remember that. Yeah, very interesting. All right, let's get to our final one. Of course, uh, it's on the road here from Jacksonville over to Music City. It'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, a lot on the line here for both teams. I mean, Tennessee playing for pride, but this could be it for Mike Vrabel, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, the Jaguars, no, it's pretty simple. They win there. They host the playoff game a week from Sunday back here in Duval. Your thoughts on this matchup? Well, you know. I mean, do you know anything on Trevor Lawrence that I don't know? <laughs> you know what? I think we'll know 90 minutes before kick. I, I my, yeah. guess, my guess is that he's going to play, but I've been wrong. He's had five different injuries, and I, I've been as wrong – on my prediction as to whether or not he would play or would not play. I didn't think he'd play when he rolled the ankle, and I didn't think he'd play in the concussion protocol. And he came out I'm and played both you. games. So, And I, then I, last week, my doctor friend, who was CSI doc, uh, pro football doc on Twitter, he was sure he was going to play last week. And that's what I said to you when I spoke to you last Friday. And then about 20 minutes after the show, it came out that he wasn't playing. So I'm as confused as you here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game opened 3-41. and 41. It's sitting 3.5-41.5. But most of the money's on Tennessee right now, about 80% of the bets and 79% of the money. But we know why that is. This, they're unsure about Trevor Lawrence. If this comes out that he is playing, and today he was throwing 30-yard passes, I'm sure you guys know, um, 
that line's going to shoot up. I think it's going to close closer to five and a half. But what I like here is this game went from 40 and a half at open to 41 and a half. 41's a key number. I'm going to go under 41 and a half here. I think Vrabel's going to have a nice defensive plan. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a conservative game for both teams, especially with Lawrence Hobble. So I'm going to go under 41 and a half. On Thursday, Philly Rooster, we saw this line get as high as five and a half, and then it dropped to three and a half. So it moved two points in some circles. I mean, that's a tremendous amount of, of money that, that came in. Do, do you think it's simply the Trevor Lawrence thing, or, or, or could there have been something else? It's simply the Trevor Lawrence thing. And what happens is, you know, back in the day, to move an NFL game two points, it would cost you millions of dollars. But now, with all these computers that are tied in together, if one key shop moves, an, another 2,000 shops that are following their moves will move it without a bet. Mm-hmm. So we call it a ghost move. And that's why it's so easy to set up these college basketball totals. But that, that's a, yeah. a conversation for another time. I mean, I can move a college basketball total two points with making four bets. Um, and back in the day, you just couldn't do that because people didn't move on air. They moved on bets. So I think it's all Trevor Lawrence, and I think it was just the market shifting. All right. You like the under, but most of the public bets are on Tennessee. Correct. Right now they are. Now, yeah. game time, if Trevor Lawrence is playing, I think that'll change. All right. Hey, Philly Rooster, it's always a pleasure. Once again, for our listeners, please give them your information. At Philly Rooster on Twitter, and my premium moves are at thephillygodfather.com. Come join up and win. Philly Rooster, best of luck on all your plays this weekend. It's always a lot of fun. Take care. There he goes. Philly Rooster going to play the under, 41 and a half. Remember, the first time they met was 34-14. That's a total of uh, 48. All right. Game totally dominated by Jackson. was trick plays that Tennessee used to score. Remember, in this matchup, Tennessee only ran 38 offensive plays. It's the lowest number of any team in any game during the 2023 regular season. 38 plays. Time of possession, totally dominated by the Jaguars. 36 minutes, 26 seconds to 23-34. So, he thinks it's an under game. If it's an under game then, you know, typically what does that mean? Both teams have success running the football. The the Jaguars are one of the better run defensive teams in the NFL, and and they bounce back certainly after allowing just a tremendous amount. What do they allow? 251 on the ground a few weeks ago against Baltimore. Uh, Right now, 98.6 a game. Derrick Henry, as you know, has been a nightmare in his career for Tennessee against the Jaguars. So that's an interesting uh, statistic. That's an interesting number. Uh, The Jaguars as well, you know, they've really struggled to run the football this year. Uh, That remains, in my mind, the the number one issue that that needs to be fixed. And and I think they have the right backs. Um, I'm not giving up on Tank Bigsby yet. I'm not going to do it. I, I, I think Travis Etienne... It, certainly next year, because he missed year one with the injury, will be the final year of his rookie contract. They have the ability to pick up that fifth-year option. I don't know if they'll do that. That's going to be another one of those very interesting deals uh, during the offseason that, that Trent Bucky's going to have to decide. 
But if you look at a playoff team, the Jaguars have attempted 577 pass attempts this year, and they've run it 430 times. All right? So you're basically right at 1,000. One thousand, or excuse me, uh, yes, you, you're right at 1,000 offensive plays. You're passing it 57% of the time, almost 58% of the time, and running it 43% of the time. I'll have to look back on last year. Let me do that real quick. I, I do know for sure that, you know, the year that they made it to the AFC Championship game, it's, it's one of the craziest statistics of all time, but Blake Bortles and company threw the football 527 times. Lennon Fournette, Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon, Corey Grant, Tommy Bohannon and company ran it 527 times. Think of that. 1,050 plays almost, and it was exactly 527 to 527. Let me check last year just to give you the the final here before we uh, head to the top of the hour break. Uh, last year, Jacksonville threw it 596 times and threw it 400 or ran it 448 times. So, mm, same type of uh, of philosophy a year ago under Doug Peterson. If the under's going to come in, you would expect a lot of of running the football. And it was good to see last week, right? 35 to 24, run the pass. Been a long, long time around here. Since the run numbers, the rushing numbers were higher as far as touches than when it came to passing the football. That was absolutely the case in that 26 to nothing victory over Carolina. All right, coming up in our second hour, much more on the Jaguars. Uh, JJ and I are going to make our picks a little bit later on in our second hour. Great opportunity, though, for you to be heard. The best way to do it is on the text line. That's 641 1010, and it's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I got sad news to begin our second hour. I'm kind of bummed out about this. We've lost Hutch. From Starsky and Hutch, David Soul, an artist himself. I think he had a number one hit on Don't Give Up. Don't Give Up on Us Baby, I think it was called. Don't Give Up. Maybe just Don't Give Up on Us was the song. He was like the first one to do it. You know how like Patrick Swayze did it and Don Johnson did it and uh, Eddie Murphy, my my girl wants to party all the time. Party. He was like the first one. Now there, there's been singers who became actors. You know the Mac Davises and the Chris Christophersons and all that. But he um he passed, I guess, last night. He died in London. What the hell's he doing in London? He's from Chicago for crying. He did pass, but that was like one of the very first television programs that like I was allowed to watch, you know, with like the parents or something. Of course, my dad had me in bed by eight o'clock at night through my senior year in high school. Um, But Starsky and Hutch was it was right there with like Beretta and Rockford Files. It was a cop show and it was uh, pretty entertaining, but. Uh, David Soul, gone 
the age of uh, of eighty. So some sad news there. Do you uh, do you play parlays? Very rarely, no. I never did parlays. I I couldn't stand seven or eight point teases, six point teases. Uh, I think it's hard enough to win one game. In that case, you have to win two games. And like every time I've won a tease, it's like, oh, I would have just won it as a parlay. Uh You know, like with those six points, it wouldn't have mattered. Now, I I am aware of, you know, folks who will play a bunch of games and then they'll take a very low amount of money. So it's low risk on a parlay. Okay. Well, listen to this. This is according to a DK Sportsbook. There's a gentleman out there, and he's been waiting for this now for well over a year. Okay. He put $500 on a seven-leg parlay. If it comes through, he's going to win $290,000. Okay. You know what he needs to have take place? The Jaguars have to win in Nashville on Sunday. He took Brooks Kepka at 10 to 1 to win the 2023 PGA Championship. He took the Nuggets to win the 2023 NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals last year? Correct. <laughs> you you asked me the other night about Name the four teams in the final four again in college No, just basketball. name who won. <laughs> yeah, it was Connecticut. Yeah, I didn't know. The Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Okay, I remember that because that's our good friend here, uh, or some, Bruce Cassidy, the one-time coach of the Jacksonville Lizard Kings. And, of course, the Bruins fired him, and all he did was go out and win the Stanley Cup after knocking off the Florida Panthers after they were down 3-1 against Boston. Took the Lions to win the NFC North. At plus 30. I, I, I didn't mention uh, plus 175 were the, were the Golden Knights to win the Cup. The Chiefs to win the AFC West at minus 165. The 49ers to win the NFC West at 150, minus 150. Or the Jaguars to win the AFC South at minus 150. All right, here's the best part of it. If you're this man, if the Jaguars win, you can win by one point. It's to win the AFC South. It's not the cover to the three and a half, or Philly Rooster seems to think it's going to move up again somewhere around five uh, before kickoff on Sunday. All you got to do here is win by one point, you win the AFC South. Are you sticking around for this bet, JJ, with an opportunity no. to win $290,000, or do you cash out and collect 156000 Neither. I would just hedge my bet, and I just somehow – I don't know what the odds are with the other teams, you know, with the Colts and Houston, but uh, – th- They've already they've already, they've already already checked in. You what only do you have, mean? The seven, it's a seven-team parlay. Yeah, but you could just make a different bet. It, it's a, it's a seven-leg seven parlay where, where six have already come in. That's what I'm saying. So the only reason you would lose is if the Jaguars lose that game or another team wins the AFC South. So you could just bet all you could bet a ton of money on Tennessee, you know, and somehow like middle your way and you'll win regardless. All right. 
Do you not know what I'm saying? I, I, I know. I know. I know about meeting easy halfway. Easy to hedge your bet. Just but, but, bet on Tennessee. But this, you'd be dumb not to. So you're going to bet two hundred? Well, then you wouldn't. How, how are you going to win if you're betting on Tennessee? I don't understand. He would win either way. So he bet like what a hundred bucks or something. Like how much was his original? He put five hundred dollars to win two hundred ninety thousand. Yeah, so if he parlay. gets like somebody to back him and be, and they realize like, hey, I have, I'm going to win all this money regardless. He could take like a hundred thousand dollars and bet it all on Tennessee. You know, in either way, you're going to win with the Jags or you're going to win with Tennessee. And Tennessee's an underdog, so you could get like really good odds for them to just win the game straight up. Um. That's an interesting way to look at it. Well, that's it, it is it's I, normal for betters, and if you bet parlays, that's what you do. You yeah, but I'm looking more at, at not doing anything, at just cashing out and, and getting the hundred and sixty six thousand dollars. You know, you have yeah, to sweat but you could probably out. make more than that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, typically when you're you look only going to lose a hundred dollars on one bet if you lose it. Yeah, you you know it it, it is. It is a sneaky way to go about it. Uh, it's a smart way, actually, uh, to go about it. I really, I really didn't think about it that way because it only is a five hundred dollar bet. I mean, the bet was five hundred dollars. You're now up to bringing in two hundred ninety thousand, so you could turn around and bet a whole ton on Tennessee. And that way, you're going to walk away with at least hundreds plus, you know, like a couple hundred k. Boy, I'm looking at all the responses here. I don't see one that is m- mentioning this the way that. That you have thrown it out there again. I I don't. I never play parlays, and I haven't bet in forever. I follow the lines religiously, but I I guess when I phrased this question to you, I was still under the assumption that it was two hundred and ninety thousand dollars, which is the the total that you would win. But that's not his risk here. His risk is five hundred bucks. Exactly. And he the problem would be a normal guy who's. well, I don't know. A guy who's betting $500 on like par like seven leg parlays, he probably has a pretty big bankroll. You know, this isn't like the only parlay he bet. This guy is betting tens of thousands of dollars, obviously. So he probably has enough to do that. The only issue would be if he's like, "Hey, I don't have enough money to bet on Tennessee to get that sort of payout." But, I mean, if you can show someone that does have the money that you have this ticket, they'd be willing to back you, I'm sure. The only risk involved here, though, is let's, you know, let's say you put half of it. You don't want to risk it all because you want to get out of here making some money. Um, let's right. say you put 150 in on Tennessee and Tennessee wins – all right, instead of making 290, you make 150. But if Jackson. Well, you'd make more because Tennessee is a five for four point underdog or whatever. So they're probably like plus right, 150, you... 160. Like okay. that goes a long way. But if, if Jacksonville wins, and, and here's where it becomes, you know, if Jacksonville wins, you get the 290. But if you laid 150, then all of a sudden that 290 becomes 140. So there, there is yes. risk there. My point is you're making something either way. Mm-hmm. Like more than that payout would be. Although the payout's nice. The payout at 166 that y- you think you y- could definitely get better than that. I like All right, so what would I'm you do? I'm looking at the odds right now. So um what would you do in this situation? You, I would I just told you I'd bet on Tennessee money line to win. 
whatever well, you play it would money be. Line now. Yeah, I mean because you have to win the game. Like what? The Jags could win and not cover. Then you'd be completely screwed. Yeah. So you have to bet Tennessee to win the money line. You have to bet Tennessee to actually win the game. You know, and and so if Tennessee wins the game, the Jags don't win the AFC South. What's money line here? I bet it's like what? Uh, it's plus one sixty-five. Oh, so it's gone down a little. So bit you'd there. bet like, I don't know, a hundred grand is just an easy way to figure it and out, and it's hundred sixty-five grand. You know. I don't see this anywhere. Um, so you're on to something here. <laughs> I'm not. It's just something that normal bettors do. I, well, I'm not thinking like in a crazy. I'm not a. No, I'm not a normal better. And you know, for those who every time I say it, they're like, "Yeah, sure, Baloo. You, we know you bet." It's like I. I do not bet. And I. I think I began this by saying I never. When I did bet, I never played parlays, and I never played six or seven, or eight point teases. Um, this is blowing me away because I, I'm just looking at all of, you know, the timeline here where I found it and everyone's reaction and no one at all is suggest is suggesting what you are saying. And honestly, I never gave it a thought. Now, again, I saw it as the theme. I, I saw it as you were playing. Uh, Fleetwood Mac coming out. It's not like I had this the whole time. It, it's something that just popped up here on on my timeline, so I didn't give it a considerable amount of thought. But you think this is common? It's not common to the people that are responding here to this tweet. You're Apparently the, not. I guess you're but the only person I know that's come up with this. A guy in the text line says you could bet Tennessee plus four and maybe win both. Yes, that's risky. But you wouldn't get the odds. You know, like Tennessee plus four is probably like minus 110 or some 150, you know, to win it's plus 165. It's, you just wouldn't have to bet it nearly as much, but he's right. You could. Well, good luck to this guy. Yeah. I guarantee he's doing something to make sure he's winning a good amount. Well, I mean, at bare minimum, just to get his 500 back. Well, when you're a... When you're putting together a seven-leg parlay that that dates back to last year's PGA Championship, you've put a lot of thought into this. So obviously, he is absolutely well aware of of his options, and I I think he's going to exercise plenty of them. I I don't know what I would do in this situation. I, I I can't imagine what that pressure must be like. And people know pressure of betting; you can't control anything, but it's still it'll it'll absolutely drive you nuts trying to figure out the right thing to do this guy's saying it makes no sense with the money line only 165 it doesn't matter what the money line is you know it it's just you're making sure you're winning some way or another you know the jags have to win to win the afc south if they lose you lose the bet therefore you bet the other team to make sure you win some way or the other so, like, maybe the payout is close to what it would be if you bet the money line, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it would still be mathematically smarter to bet the other way. Someone uh, says, is the ticket holder the Patel guy from the Jaguars? <laughs> if so, let's play his opposite plays. Because he apparently <laughs> he lost, had a, he lost $23 million. Yeah, he had to keep stealing to pay. I mean, I, 
Wasn't he more of a fantasy guy, though, than, than just a straight-out <laughs> yeah, batter? Yeah, he was like um, daily fantasy. You know, I, Because in the state of Florida, you couldn't legally bet, you know, uh, spreads and over-unders and stuff like that until just a couple months ago. Look at all this stuff coming in. There's a lot of folks out there that do play parlays. Again, I absolutely started this segment by saying I never played parlays, and I never played teasers. So I'm listening um, to what's going on here. But I, I do want to do a show at some point on stupid criminals. And okay? And how greed... On- how greed comes into play. He probably would have got caught even if it was just like a million or so. But we have a guy, JJ, in all caps, JJ is wrong. He's not understanding the bet is already locked in to win the AFC South. No, dude, you don't understand betting. Like, yes, that is a bet that's already made. I'm saying he could make another bet, dude. He absolutely can make like, another bet. He may not be able to make not, that bet. What can you not get about that? He may not be able to make that other bet with that book. But just but he can go somewhat, across. Yeah, he's he can get his get buddy. Money. He can give a he can give a hundred grand to his buddy. And I'm sure you know this is a bet through DraftKings. You know DraftKings is not going to not accept this guy's bets. I don't know if it is. Is that he what said it is? DK? Right, that's what that stands for. No. Uh, here's that people are texting me now saying you're talking about my text. Uh, I I don't know. I'm 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 absolutely confused by this. I've never been so confused in my life. I, I think from here on out, when I when I talk parlays or teasers, I'm gonna have to be under the influence of several different things. Um, I it, it, it's we amazing. We should ask Rooster about it because it was five hundred dollars and went two ninety. When I saw the payout of one sixty six, my mind took me to the two ninety, and then my mind took me to the fact that he's risking two ninety. He's not. He's well, he's risked. $500. Exactly. Only so if you if it was just between picking that payout and taking the risk, what would you do? I think Jacksonville's going to win this weekend, so I'd stick with it. Ooh, I would. Wow. But I'll also tell you <laughs> that history says you don't win seven leg parlays. Exactly. Okay, so you cash out and you take the one sixty six, especially on something. You know, the quarterback's arm is hurting. You know, they lost four straight before beating Carolina. I just, I would take that one sixty or whatever it is. Well, wait a minute. That's how this whole conversation began. I asked you, and you said, "Ah, I'd bet the other way." No, I would. I'm just saying, if that was my only choice, okay. You yeah. know, it, your original question, I would. And that just goes for gen- in general, you know. If, if you know, what's that show? Deal or No Deal with the bat uh, with the. Uh... This segment would have sounded really good uh, with some David Soul. Don't <laughs> give up on us, baby. Music being played because I. Oh, here we go. Rest like, in peace, David. Um, deal or No Deal. Same exact thing. If you had like a choice between winning two hundred thousand dollars, fifty-fifty shot. Or just walk away with no money, would you take that 160? Like, every single time, I would say yes. I never understood the people on that show that wouldn't take the money, but whatever. I got to be honest with you, I'm not listening because I'm paying my respects <laughs> to David Soul, Hutch, dead at the age of 80. We're still worth one.
Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I'm making some people believe me here with my ignorance on the parlay. Folks out there, I can't believe you don't you don't believe me. Hence the truth teller. Why would I lie about betting? We just ran a commercial, too, for uh, the Seminole Cafe. I mean, it's legal. I, I don't bet. And I'm not saying I'm not going to at some point. I'll, I'm sure I'll get the itch. I just haven't had it. it you know, and it's uh, it's addictive. It, but, you know, whether you're an alcoholic or you binge on food or no matter what it is that is your weakness, because I think there's a lot of weakness involved in uh, in gambling. Oh, yeah. Why would you ever go to it if you really don't feel like doing it? All right. I mean, that is the definition of, a, of an addiction, and I don't have it. But I'm proving to quite a few people here that I never have played parlays. People I, love the new, like, same game. All right, the uh, the janitor here that comes on Tuesday and Saturday. Love him. He's my favorite guy. One of my favorite dudes. Yep. We're best friends. He just, uh, <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. No. He uh Oh, he's loves... always asking me for tips. And I'm like, man, I don't <laughs> yeah, bet. That's what I'm this guy barely speaks English, but damn, he loves to gamble on American sports. So like his new thing is because like inside trading. He with shows him. me like all his bets. Yeah, he thinks we actually he's know. He's a day something. trader. We don't. Um is same game parlays. So like that's all the rage with betters now. Is yeah. hey, I'm taking the Jags minus four and the over in the Jags game. So that way you could try to make a pretty good payout from just watching one game. But uh, it's – a lot of people love doing it because they see like, hey, I'm betting $10 to win 30 or well, 40, it's, but it's like it's a yeah. sucker bet. Honestly. Yeah, it's very little risk. And it, it can actually make some sense. Um, but, you know, if this guy wins and he stays with it. He makes 290 for crying out loud. Uh, I'm sure there's – now, it's not going to equal 290, but I'm sure he's made just mammoth amounts of parlays that, that have not worked. Exactly. If you're betting $500 on a seven-leg parlay, that means you're betting that kind of money all the time, like constantly. That means when you're just betting, like, one game, this guy's probably tens of thousands of dollars on one game. When I bet, I went from the classic stupid better who loved the favorite, who loved the brand team, to really get an education with a former colleague of mine by the name of Bob Kemp. Uh, if you go back to the old days of one-on-one sports and sporting news radio, uh, Bob came on after me. He did the, sh- the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift. In Chicago, it was 1 to 5. Very conducive for a family life. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's single. <laughs> yeah, I figured. And Bob, I love Bob. But he was he was his own man, and he was certainly his personality was absolutely affected by the bets that he had made earlier that night. I mean, you could see him coming. He was in a bad mood, and Bob was Bob was you know he was, he was probably five seven five eight you know one hundred and sixty one hundred and say he wasn't a big guy. But I just I dove in the closets when I saw him coming. If if, if I knew that he would. Uh, was having a losing night, but he won more than he lost. But he, we had so many conversations about this 
and I learned from him. The one thing I learned, that man never laid points. He hated favorites. He did not play. I remember asking him, hey, you know, Jacksonville's in Tennessee this weekend, uh, four and a half, five points. He looked at me like I was insane. You're trying to tell me I'm going to lay five points by Jacksonville going out on the road, playing in the cold in Tennessee? Wouldn't do it. The other thing that I learned, and it was one that made me my most success, and it's not, it's not sexy at all, but playing NFL totals was always where I had my most success, and most of them were unders. I spent years of my life hoping that teams would run the football and watching the time tick away. Yeah, it's not a fun bet to make. It's not. It's I mean, try unders not. on a basketball game. Right. You always want to take the over. You want the scoring. It's yeah. more exciting. But, I, you know. You know, there's another infamous television prognosticator slash host that only does dogs. Uh, Scott Van Pelt's pretty famous for that. Is he? Like, only bets underdogs. It's, yeah, it's been proven. I just bet whatever my dumbass mind thinks is a good bet. Right. <laughs> now, we, I'm talking about, you know, football stuff here. I'm not getting into baseball. Some of those underdogs can be ridiculous. But, again, all you have to do is win one underdog bet in baseball compared to winning, what, three major favorites in baseball if those numbers are ridiculous. You know, three to one or minus 300 or minus 280. or You rarely see – a baseball game that heavy. But, yeah, there's, you know, Yankees are on a five-game win streak and they're playing the the Royals who haven't won in a week or something. It'll be like minus 250 or something. All right, let's get to our picks. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk-Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. These are straight up now, kids. No wagering here as far as the point spread. It's... uh Straight against it, and it has not been a good year for either one of us. I went six and four last week. JJ went five and five. Season yeah. totals. I am one hundred six and sixty four. JJ is ninety two and seventy eight. Straight ass for me this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go first, and I can go first on all of these, uh, so you can uh, decide to go against me. You want to do it that way? I'm fine with that. I, you know what? And and here's a perfect example of why I don't bet. I find myself now wanting Washington to win this game. I'm kind of caught up in this offense and, and just how explosive it is. They're fun. Two totally different styles of offense. I, You know, the Big Ten and all this, and I don't hate Michigan. I'm not a Michigan hater. I don't care if they cheated. That has nothing to do with it. I'm just blown away by these wide receivers and this Michael Penix under center, who I did vote second to win the Heisman behind uh, Jaden Daniels. But I want to take UW here, even though they get the points. I I wish I could disagree and try to steal one on you. But, yeah, I like Washington here to cover. I like Washington to win. I'm going to take Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Pittsburgh needs the win for the playoffs. Baltimore's resting six starters, including Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Although it seems like every time they have like a backup quarterback come in for the Ravens, he looks pretty decent. 
I'm still going to go with Pittsburgh here. They have to win. The Philly Rooster joined us earlier in the program. He is all over Indianapolis getting points at home. I'm going against the Philly Rooster. I'm going to take Houston on the road. Yeah, I thought they looked good last week. Uh, quarterback's back. I'm going with the Texans. Jets and Pats. Whoa, um, difficult. I had to put one on here. I, I, I just, I mean, this game, who knows? Are the Patriots going to pay? Uh, are they going to play for Belichick in his final game? I, I think they are. Give me New England at home here in, in a very ugly game. I love that you think it's his final game. I'm I'm uncertain. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with the Pats here. I, they've been playing their ass off. They've been playing hard the last month or so. I'm going with the Patriots. I mean, what, the uh, three of the games on this sheet could be it. It could be absolutely, I think it's it for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Could very easily be it in New England. They're going crazy over there right now because they just don't know. I mean, people are saying he's gone. Others are saying he's returning. Uh, we shall see. And, of course, Mike Vrabel will get there momentarily mm-hmm. when the Jaguars go to uh, – to Nashville to play on Sunday. All right, Chicago and Green Bay. Hmm. I, you know, I just think the Bears are playing better football right now. I'm going to take. <laughs> I, it, it's nuts to me to take them going to Green Bay, but I'm gonna. Yeah, their their defense is really solid right now. Um, they're three point dogs. I like them on the road. I like them to win and crush the Green Bay Packers playoff hopes. Bills Dolphins. The Philly Rooster moments ago. I mean, it was live right here on Into the Night. Saying, give me the Dolphins and points at home. I'm going to go the other way. I'm mm. taking Buffalo on the road. I agree. Um, Bills haven't been hot lately. Miami's good at home, but they're beat up, man. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills. Atlanta at New Orleans. I'm going to take the Saints in the Dome. Yeah, the Saints in a must-win game. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they have to win. Seattle goes to Arizona. You know, Seattle needs help, but... They obviously have much more to play for. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I like Arizona, and I like what they did last week against Philly. Minnesota at Detroit. I, I think Detroit, you know, regardless of the set of circumstances, I, I have to believe they're going to bounce back after what happened uh, with the officials against Dallas. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, that's a tough one for me, but I'm going to take the Lions. Yeah, I'm not even sure who's quarterback right now for the Vikings. I'll go with the Lions. (laughs) Yep, and then we'll wrap it up. I've said all week I'm taking the Jaguars. I just think they go out on the road and win the game. They better win, man, (laughs) for this poor better's sake Uh, and for this city's sake. I'm going with the Jags, but I do not feel confident about it, honestly. But I think the Jags will pull it out in a close one. All right, so uh, picks are in. We both like uh, Washington. We both uh, over Michigan. We both like Pitt. We both like Houston on the road at Indy. We're both taking the New England Patriots. We both like the Bears and Bills on the road. Uh, we like New Orleans at home. Seattle, for me, J.J.'s going to take Arizona. And then we both like Detroit against Minnesota and the Jaguars to get it done against Tennessee. All right, final thoughts coming up on the other side. We'll take you up until 8 o'clock. Then Hacker Nation joins you right here on the home of the Jack. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, final moments. Getting a lot coming in on the uh, text line 5105. Ton on betting, by the way. Everyone's uh, really happy about it, except for one guy who's bent. I may get to him, time permitting. 
5105, Rick, of the Jags win the AFC South, how much does each player get, Coach Get? Well, it's it's it comes down to the wild card game, okay? And the the rate changes for every game. You don't get anything from winning the AFC South. As a matter of fact, the team who gets the bye, uh, in this case Baltimore, they don't get any extra money, but they automatically go to the divisional round. So wild card, I just pulled it up last year. The winning team got forty six five. Every player got forty six thousand five hundred bucks. The loser got forty one five. You go to the divisional round, it went to 46-5 for the um, uh, winner. At and first, then... I thought you meant the team got $46.5 million, and I'm like, oh, Goodell would never do that. 46500 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, divisional round goes up to 46-5 and then 69000 for the conference. Super Bowl goes to 157000 for the winning Team, every member on the winning team gets an, an additional 157000 Losing team gets $82,000 uh, when it's all said and done. So there you have it. Um, uh, here we go here. Uh, 7370. Baloo, you say you haven't bet in like 10 years, and that sounds like a good thing. You just got your ass handed to you. Also, you quit gambling because you knew it was bad to gamble, but yet all you do is talk about the Philly Rooster and have these guys on. What a hypocrite. Bet you don't reply to my text on air. That's from the 7370. Uh, You are wrong. I want to tell you this. I mean, look at the text line right now, JJ. Since you and I started talking about that parlay, we have no shortage of 100 responses, not to mention on my phone, you're the only person who's ever complained about this. I do not bet, and perhaps I showed my ignorance by not understanding hedging the other side of a, or hedging a parlay, which gives you proof that I don't bet, but I still love the game, and the listeners love the game. That's and, why I bring these handicappers on. People love it. And he says that you say it's like a bad thing, which is not true. You obviously say, like, hey, it can turn into a bad thing, but so can alcohol abuse, so can anything. You know, eating, you have to be careful. It's part of being an adult. We're able to do things, you know, and know our limits. It's it's fun, dude. Yeah, it is bad if, you know, I, I said it, I, I tell you the main reason why I quit gambling and I actually did okay, believe it or not. I didn't hit parlays. I, it affected my disposition. I'd have a couple hundred dollars on a Cincinnati Bengals Cleveland Browns game that came on at high noon in Chicago on a Sunday, one o'clock here. And I'd have my little girls wanting my attention, but instead I'd have one eyeball on a play that I thought was a first down Cleveland. And then 10 seconds later, I'd look up and I'd see a zebra producing a holding call and the plays back. And instead of being the best dad that I could, I was being affected as far as my overall personality because of of a damn game that I had 200 bucks on. That's why I elected uh, to get out of it. Uh, My kids are grown now, but I still don't have the itch to go back. Look at them all coming in. Everyone loves the rooster and the godfather. Um, Also, if you're a sports fan, I just think it's weird to not know about the line and you know that just seems like a 
even if you don't bet, it seems like something that you would be interested in. The game Sunday in Nashville, and as well the playoff game here a week from Sunday, you are going to have people in-game betting. You're going to have people midway through at halftime that are that are hedging their bets or changing their bets or, or maybe making a halftime bet. It's unavoidable now. Every sport that we love, every, I mean, look at ESPN, look at anything, Fox, when they, when they give you the scores, they tell you who's favored. They tell you the, line, uh, the lines. We just ran up a seminal uh, spot since they changed the law here. We, we have the offshore accounts or whatever. I mean, it's everywhere that you go. The NFL is completely in bed. Think of the think of the billions and billions of dollars the NFL is making because of um, legalized gambling. That's all I have to say about that. Now today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over fifty years. All right, the lot is full right now, and that's a great thing over at Key Buick GMC right there across the street from Tinseltown, South Side and Gate. Still some 23s that you can get at a, uh, a really good price. Some brand-new 24s are in as well. I am a proud owner of the Key uh, GMC Sierra truck, and the GF as well loves her Key Buick Enclave. Uh, my oldest daughter, who has moved to Paris a couple years ago, I bought her a used car. At key. So no matter what it is that you are interested in, go by and visit because I need to tell you this, not only are there tremendous incentives, but the lot is full. So regardless of what it may be, uh, maybe, excuse me, go on by and uh, visit them across from Tinseltown, Southside and Gate. All right, for me, final thoughts on this one. It's, it, it's simple. You know, it's about showing up and beating a better football team. Jacksonville is a better football team. They're a healthier football team. And, yeah, I get it. All the rage is on whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to play. For what it is, I think he will. He threw the football today. Uh, There is some of that that's out there that's viral, some shorter passes. But he's a gamer. Okay, it hasn't been a great year for him. He has been injured. He wants to play in this game. Uh, They're healthy along the offensive line. Okay, Ezra Cleveland practiced all week. Walker Little practiced all week. Still going to be Cam Robinson at left tackle, but I I do think that Ezra Cleveland has a real good opportunity to be in this week as your starter at left guard. Not one defensive guy on the injury report. It's just incredible. You know, I said this a little bit earlier in the show, but all week, you know, all year long, it's been Cisco, it's been Campbell, it's been Hamilton. It's been uh, Big Foley. It's been one after another, and they're healthy there. Plus, it looks like you're getting Zay Jones back, and the key will be tomorrow to see if the Jaguars do activate Christian Kirk off of the injured reserve. They're able to do that tomorrow. If so, Christian Kirk, after having surgery, what? I think it was December 6th, so it's going to be right around one month he is back after that core surgery and he will be out there playing for the Jaguars on Sunday. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Ladder Nation is here. How are you? Rick, I'm good. You know, it's an interesting feeling in the city. Everybody's excited about Sunday, and I am too. 
But there is the possibility that it is the final game of the year on Sunday. So just a crazy situation, the Jaguars and a basically a playoff scenario up in Nashville. What do you think? I think the Jaguars are going to win. I've had a good feeling about it all week. Uh, I was a little concerned earlier in the week when Vrabel gave this fiery speech and he was like cussing at the podium up there about losing sucks and they want to win. So that concerned me a little bit. I think Tennessee's going to play hard. But I've been talking to guys up in Nashville, Rick, and I'm not going to say I'm an encyclopedia of NFL knowledge, but I'd like to think I know a little bit. Look at the Titans roster mm -hmm. right now. There's 20 guys on there that I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. They're getting their entire practice squad is like on the roster from like a month ago. They're signing guys off the street. I think they have over 15 guys on IR. Um, they're already ruled five players out for Sunday. I mean – there's one thing to be motivated, but there's another thing to just simply be lacking bodies. And right now, Tennessee is lacking bodies. They've given up 19 sacks in the last three games. And two of their guys, Jalen Duncan and Brunskill, the guard, are questionable for the game on the O-line. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, I'm just looking at it here, gave six up against Seattle. We all know what happened last week, including with the injury to Levis. Uh, Jacksonville now has 38 sacks on the season. You know, it's basically only two guys. You're not getting anything from Schmoot. You're not getting anything from Caleb on Chase on. But I love that factor in this contest as well. Jacksonville should be able to feast against them. And, you know, I'm sure Tennessee would love to be a one-dimensional team that really runs the football. But if Jacksonville gets the lead, they're not going to be able to do that. Their offensive line has been awful, which has limited Derrick Henry. Now, DeAndre Hopkins has a ton of talent. Uh, Traylon Burks has proven that he can do some things. So if Tanny Hill has time, you know, you do worry about that a little bit. But if the Jaguars do to Tennessee what they did to Carolina and get to Tanny Hill, I just I don't see a way Tennessee beats them. Um, and again, now Jacksonville can't go back to turning the ball over three times and committing, you know, eight penalties and having all this nonsense happen. If that happens, well, then that's a different conversation. But if Jacksonville plays the way they should play, they should win the game, and we should be celebrating on the fifth quarter Sunday evening. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then a home playoff game to follow uh, coming up on uh, next weekend, whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday game, we'll, we'll find out. All right, what's coming up tonight? Yeah, obviously a lot of Jaguars and Titans. J.P. Shadrick, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars Radio will stop by. We'll go to Nashville. My buddy Brad Steele is the host of the Two-Tone Talk Titan podcast. We'll get kind of a last – um, look at how Tennessee is looking at this game on Sunday. And then Ben Arthur of FoxSports.com. As excited as I am for Jacksonville, Tennessee, Rick, I'm almost as excited for tomorrow night, Houston and Indy, playoff game yeah. in Indy. I'll follow the Texans and the Colts as you have being in the division. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have Ben Arthur to break down that game as well. Who was your second guest? Did you say Tommy Two-Tone? No, the Two-Tone Talk Do you know podcast. what song Tommy Two-Tone? Uh, I know the name. I don't know. Uh... He sang about Jenny. Okay. And he sang 867-5309. All right. Yep. Okay. So Very I was going to say, if you, if, screw everything else. If you were getting Tommy Teuton on the on the show, maybe that would have really... made me your best get, best get ever. Maybe if I say it really quick, people will believe that. So, yeah, Tommy Teuton or the Teuton Talk podcast. One of them will be joining me tonight. I have to look it up to see if Tommy Two-Tone is uh, actually still with us. Uh, that's a name. Uh, let's see. Apparently. Well, wait a minute. That was the name of the band. I thought it was like the lead singer. His name was Tommy Two-Tone. I'm learning right now that his name was Tommy Heath. Ah. And that the name of the band was, in fact, 
Tommy Tutone. Have a great show. Thanks, Rick. It's going to do it for us, folks. I don't check the text line. And now the show is over. You want to get me? You can anytime on Twitter and or X. That's Blue1010XL. I'll talk with you next uh, outside of some uh, stuff on the pregame show tomorrow on the Jaguars Radio Network. Or make that Sunday on the Jaguars Radio Network. Uh, That'll be Monday at 6 o'clock and uh, should be very interesting. Certainly the Jaguars hopefully talking about the playoffs and, of course, that night the national championship in college football. Thank you to the Philly Rooster for J.J. LaSalva. My name is Rick Ballew. We'll talk Monday at 6.